Oh, they let you change your name to your college or your own name. Throw on a dashiki, because guess what? They still gonna drag your black ass to Vietnam to shoot a pole rice farmer get shot your damn self. That's the difference between revolution and the candy-coated facade of gradual reform. Reform is just the masses teaching the slaves how to be better slaves. Under reform, you can take the motherfucking masses out and the slaves still be doing all the work for them. There's a man called a capitalist. No matter what color he is, black, white, brown, red, don't matter. Because the capitalist has one goal, and that is to exploit the people. He can have on a three-piece suit or a dashiki, because political power doesn't flow from the sleeve of a dashiki. Political power flows from the barrel of a gun. We in the Black Panther Party don't believe in no culture, except revolutionary culture. What we mean by that is a culture that will free you. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Red Shoe Movie Podcast, the podcast where everything is connected. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson. Joining me is my friend and the person. I, I, I forgot. To, I forgot to think of it before we started, but I'm going to go with the person hmm, least likely to win an Academy Award for infiltrating an organization. Alex Perkins, Perk, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm trying to trying to think who you're talking about because I don't think anyone. <laughs> well, because in the Academy movie, in the movie, Jesse Plemons. Remember oh, in the movie right, with right. Jesse Plemons, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I should give you an Academy Award because it seems like you know you're like a Black Panther. I, I'm I'm sorry, Brooke. I'm I'm I, out of it tonight. I spoke from a nap. Right. I'm out of it. I I get it. it it's all right. We we all have our <laughs> days. <laughs> I, I started the week on Wednesday this week, and I'm already I'm already out of it. But you know what? It's fine. Um, <laughs> Welcome back to the Red Stream Movie Podcast, everyone. Uh, this is the movie podcast where every week we review a movie that is connected to the previous one. Uh, last week, we talked about Sorry to Bother You. Our connection was Jermaine Fowler, who had a small little role in this movie, but I saw him. And I'm like, hey, there you are. And he was pretty good. Um, into Judas and Black Messiah. Do Sorry, I just want to step in because you said uh, you saw him in this and he's pretty good. I Mm-hmm. He has like one line of dialogue, Jacob. He's fine. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> he's hey, not bad. He is. He's not like distractingly bad or good. But I'm like, I was like, hey, what's up, dude? And I, I liked, I liked his attitude, you know. But he also gets shot through a door, which was not not fun. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, as always, you can find our show on Friday mornings. If you like it, please share it with your friends. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it. Perk, introduce the movie for us, please. Yeah, all right. Judas and the Black Messiah is a 2021 joint directed by Shaka King and starring uh, Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, It Mm -hmm. covers the story of uh, the undercover FBI informant who helped lead to the killing of Fred Hampton. And uh, a couple cool tidbits from uh, from the trivia section. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield uh, said that he needed therapy after his portrayal portrayal of William O'Neill, which uh, justified, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, Fair very enough. understandable. Um, Dominique Fishback, who plays um, I'm blanking on her name, but Fred Hampton's Deborah. Deborah, thank you. Fred Hampton's love interest uh, is a, a poet, and she wrote the poem that she read to him. Uh, Really beautiful poem, by the way. Yeah, really good uh, poem. 
And then also this this movie is like a lot of firsts for like Oscar award nominees and in black acting. Uh, Danny Kaluuya is the uh, first black British actor to receive multiple nominations and win in an acting category. And he deserves them. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, very much. God damn, he's good in this movie. Also, very surprised to see this is like Shaka King's like basically first big movie. Um, are you? Very well Are done. you surprised, well though, with the string that we've been on of just... Yeah, you're not wrong. Banger, banger after banger movie from first-time <laughs> directors. It's like... Yeah, I, it's, apparently, it's really incredible. Yeah, uh... Like having a resume doesn't matter anymore. You can just make a great movie. <laughs> but you know that's that's pretty encouraging. You love to see it. Yeah, maybe maybe it'll radicalize me into becoming a filmmaker. Who knows? <laughs> you never know. Uh, for, let's start with you, since I feel like I've been going first a lot lately. What did you think of this movie? Um, I'm a big fan. Uh, I mean. As big a fan as as you can be. Like this isn't like a fist pumping mm-hmm. hurrah hurrah type movie, but it's no, it's damn yeah. near flawless. It's a great story that of course we weren't told in school. Like it mm-hmm. yeah, it, it checks all the boxes. Um perfect acting, great direction. The score is absolutely fantastic. Um and yeah, the story is really interesting. And it's a shame it's, that it's, we don't learn about these things in school. I know. It's so interesting, but it's so fucking sad. Oh, of <laughs> like, course. It's, I don't know why. So I mean, we'll have to get to it. But this movie has a lot of similarities with Malcolm X. Not only of how it's kind of shot, but also just the story itself is very similar. And um, I don't know. With Malcolm X, I guess, just knowing about his assassination previously it is like we barely knew who he was but we knew a little bit about malcolm x knew he was killed knowing like i don't know if Fred Hamm, anything about fred Hamm before watching this movie and just seeing the same fucking shit happen to him and just like the absolute scum that is the fbi in this movie like god it's fucking sad especially now when i mean i didn't know that the black panthers were so like pro-socialism and trying to help out the community for free and all this stuff and really like progressive ideas that like you know, we're, we're trying, I think the, the left is trying to use today. It fucking started with the Black Panthers, man. And it's just like, it's just, it's just so depressing. Like you said, we don't learn about this stuff. And this history is just kind of put in the corner because, you know, people don't want us to know about it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I totally love this movie. Performances are fantastic, especially from Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield. I, I do want, I have a special shout out to, like of why I think the performers are so good. Like the Keith is so good in this movie at playing this cocky coward, you know, and this person that always goes through too much, but when it comes down to, he's just fucking scared who doesn't want to die. And after seeing the interview at the very end of the real Bill O'Neill and seeing his mannerisms, like the Keith fucking nailed his mannerisms. Like, even just from that short clip, you can tell like the way he like uses lips and stuff. Um, and then Kaluuya is just, like, so mesmerizing, and you really believe that he could amass this following, and he's just so charismatic. Um, absolutely fantastic. The, my, my only knock is I actually didn't love Dominique Fishback in this movie. Um, I don't know. Here's, like, a bet to I feel like I loved how her character was characterized. I loved the writing of her character. 
But I feel like when we have shots of her a lot, it was just her, like, kind of resting, like, blank face. And then she would, like, get animated emotional for, like, the scene she needed to. But I feel like she was kind of, like, emotionless a lot of the time. And I it just didn't really work for me. Um, so that was a little bit of a, of a weird thing for me personally. And then also, like, Daniel Cludio is supposed to be 21 in this movie. He looks, like, 30. Like, <laughs> and his he looks way older than Dominic Fishback, which they're not. Like, they're two years, older, two years apart in real life. And in the movie, they're supposed to be both like college age he has looked very old i'm just like i'm glad daniel clues this movie but also i feel like you could have made him look a little bit younger that's a little bit weird to see um i think on that note i think it yeah it is a little weird because i did not realize how young he was and a lot of that was just mm-hmm. looking at daniel kaluuya but i think it kind of works out because he was pretty clearly mature well beyond his years um obviously like Oh, died when he was four years younger than me and it's like like i'm not inspiring not even a little bit and that guy could sell (laughs) water to the ocean like Mm -hmm. i i i think it you're right it is a little weird because daniel kaluuya is obviously like in his 30s but um Mm -hmm. for the effect of the movie i think it's it's okay uh also i I guess i I switched like makeup put it on a little bit i just just something a little bit bit younger because i was like He's, I mean, he's a big dude, you know, and he's, he just looks older than he's supposed to be, but it's, it's for a small sure. Um, on uh, Danielle Fishback, uh, I, I totally agree. Prank, I don't. I don't agree with you at all. I thought she was fantastic. <laughs> I thought her performance was like, should have been supporting actress nomination. Like, that's how good I thought okay. she was. Especially the scenes where she's like breaking down discussing you know jail and and their child with with fred Hampton. that scene was really good yeah and the uh like in my opinion the most powerful shot in the movie uh a close-up of her face with the with the focus on her face in the background uh them killing fred hampton the like emptiness in her face is uncanny it's oh it's hard to emulate something like that but no she's spot on and I think uh, maybe a, a directorial or editorial um, little tidbit. I think they cut that scene like right, right the instant before she's about to break, like about to break down. Mm. So I think yeah. that I think that was a really cool choice. I, I want to go back, rewatch that scene, see if I'm making shit up. But I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, that was a really good scene. And actually, also, I also I, I peek at the trivia some too because this movie I want to see how like accurate it was because yeah, obviously yeah. dramatization you know but i did see that they filmed that scene the, the, the scene of him getting murdered on the anniversary of that happening um oh boy. like the 15 year anniversary of when it actually happened and daniel clue is like yeah it was like it was fucking it was heavy it was hard to do but um that whole scene is just very yeah it, it just it's hard to watch because you know what's gonna happen and you, you want to believe like stanfield's gonna tell him and he just doesn't, and he lets it happen, and it's just, God, it fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> so that's something that I think this movie handles really well that a lot of movies don't. You often in movies have a bad guy or a good guy or maybe a bad guy who comes to Jesus, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And in, in this movie, it's so morally complicated because, you know, you watch Lakeith Stanfield, and you're like, at, at any point, I'm like, you know what? At this point, 
I'm going to jail. I'm I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. jail. Right? Yeah. But you don't know that. You don't know that mm. that's what you do, right? Like if you put yourself in his shoes, you're like, yeah, there's no chance I'd sell him out. But I feel like probably about 95% of people would. Like it's just one of those things. You're looking at a huge paycheck and not going to prison for five years. Mm-hmm. Or... Well, he's also being afraid of being tortured on the other side of things. If yeah, right. told them he was worried about all that stuff, which also was... That was already kind of a lie because the person who did the torturing was an FBI informant. You know, so it's like... Right. Who, who he heard about it from. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I'm totally with you. And, like, on the flip side, you have somebody like Roy, his FBI handler, who is, like... You, you see him start to crack a little bit when he's in that one meeting and he finds out that their informant is getting away with murder. Yeah. You know, so you think, oh, is he going to, is he going to flip Same and thing. be good? Nope. He, he gets threatened and he's like, no, I got to protect myself. It's all about self-preservation. It's so Ex- well done. Yeah. Exact same idea where it's like, you look at him and you can see he's torn inside and you're like, you know, I honestly, I thought, cause I don't know the story. Obviously we're uneducated mm-hmm. in all this shit, but I was thinking, <laughs> yo, uh, as like a leverage tool, Roy's going to tell, um, God, what's the main character? Bill. He's going to tell Bill that Mm -hmm. uh, the other rat is a rat Mm. and out him. Mm -hmm. Like, I, so that's what I was thinking was going to happen. But no, like, he, like, Roy's just uncomfortable about it and just continues because it, it's once again, like, you're like in that scenario, you know what? I'd say no. I'd say fire me. But would you? Like, it's the same thing with, uh, the, the Challenger explosion, the rocket when it blew up. Mm. Uh, there was they shouldn't have launched because of the temperature and a lot of people just you know were like nah don't worry about it because you don't want to be the guy that flips the boat you know because mm-hmm. you, you think boat, about yeah. your self-implication and it's all about you know well this could ruin my career instead of this could cost a dozen people their lives like that kind of thing yeah yeah no and it, it all crystallizes in the scene where they're at the party and the key's just in the corner, just like freaking the fuck out about what he's about to do. And he's watching Fred talk to Deb about their kid and the kids they want to have in the future. And it's just like, dude. And he goes over there. He can barely even hold it together. And I, I thought Fred was going to call him out. Be like, dude, are you like good? Because you're freaking the fuck out right now. And then we don't, we don't actually see the scene where he gets poisoned or whatever. Um, Thankfully. But man. Oh, that would have yeah. been so painful yeah. if if that had been oh, I know. shot. Oh man, there's a bit of reprieve. And, like, God, and, and like even even like there's just so many things that are hard to watch with Bill, particularly like after they burn down the Black Panther headquarters, and he's trying to be like, "All right, this is my out. Like I can be done finally." And all the community comes to help them rebuild it, and he's just like, "Fuck, I gotta stay in." And you're just like. Bro, like, you know this is a good thing. Like, why are you working against it? And also, I, sorry to um, bounce all over the place, but I didn't know that he wasn't actually an FBI agent. You know, when I read that little blurb about this movie, of like, oh, an FBI agent infiltrates. Like, nah, dude, he's just some dude off the street who they have leverage on. Like, that makes it even worse. You know, he's just a guy. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It, I This movie makes you look inward a lot more than even other movies on similar topic matter and and subjects like malcolm x is a fantastic movie like we already talked about but you don't see a person 
and have to live with their decisions and question how you would decide. You know, you mm-hmm. just see the portrait of a character of a of a great man. Like that's it's it's a little more cut and dry. Whereas in this one, it's like Jesus, I, what 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 would I do here? You c- you can't know. You, it's like would you yeah. run into the burning building? Everyone says yes. Would you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry to yeah, dwell on yeah. that, but it's just such a weird, no, I know. powerful like, way this movie approaches like decision making. Like you want to believe you would tell Fred, like, "Yo, I've been a rat this whole time. I cannot, I cannot let you die." But nope. He just, yeah, it's all about self-preservation, and it's just, yeah, God, it's hard to watch. Um, I also, I want to talk about the FBI because, God, they're fucking evil in this movie. Like oh, that man. the scene where Hoover. Asked Plemons what he would do when his if his daughter brings home a black man. I was like, God, fuck these guys, man! Just because they're, they're just happy about it. They're just they're looking for any fucking reason to kill black people, which we see in this movie, like multiple scenes where the police are just fucking murdering black people, and it is just brutal, man, absolutely brutal. And that's you know that's the way the world. I mean, still the way the world is to some extent, but yeah, I uh... yeah, it's fucking hard. Oh boy! It see that's another thing that really pokes at me is you know we in history class learned more about the bad guy. We learned more about J. Edgar Hoover. Mm-hmm. Like I'm obviously I might be misremembering, but I feel like maybe there was a chapter that mentioned Malcolm X and Fred Hampton probably in the same breath. Maybe despite the yep. fact that they were clearly both very different individuals, um, and. Mm-hmm. Of course, we know way more about, like, J. Edgar Hoover, and good lord, he's just evil. He's just a bad dude. Mm-hmm. So, oh, God, all those scenes, you're right. Like, and I think it's super powerful. Uh, this movie's really well-directed and shot, but that whole scene yeah. where he's asking, what if your daughter brought home a black man? Martin Sheen's never on screen. It's entirely, mm-hmm. like, fixed focus on Jesse Plemons' face. Which just, yeah, it's more just allowing him to kind of control the screen and show how torn he is emotionally and how confused mm-hmm. uh, he is with the whole scenario. Um, well, you can tell which, he's brainwashed, too. I mean, when he's when he's talking to Lakeith about, like, the whole, he was giving an example of the Ku Klux Klan case he worked. Yeah. And he's like, this is the same thing, man, the Black Panther of the Klan. It's like, dude, you're fucking brainwashed, dude. Because, I mean, the, this, the, I think it's the first scene in the movie, or oh, not the, first, the second scene after the Lakeith Stanfield scene. When Hoover is giving his speech to everyone, he's like, you know, the Black Panther is the most dangerous threat to America, not, you know, Al-Qaeda, not whatever, all these other countries. It's the Black Panthers. And it's just like, it's just so fucked up to hear that and to see what he does because of it. Like, yeah, it's rough. But um, I wanted to ask you particularly, Perk, are yeah, you yeah. are you off the hate train for Plemons? I, okay, <laughs> so this may have been misconstrued. <laughs> I, I have no beef with Jesse Plemons. I think he's a really good actor. Particularly, he's in Fargo Season 2, and he's fantastic. I didn't watch Breaking Bad so or Friday Night Lights, so like I can't comment. On, or is it Friday Night Lights? Game Night is the one I love. Game Night's the movie oh, okay, I love him okay. from. He's fucking hilarious in Game um, Night. No, he is spectacular in this movie. He's really good, which is why it's such a shame that you know he, his Oscar nod comes for a movie where he's like standing around <laughs> and occasionally advancing the plot. Yeah. 
He he's so good at those micro expressions though. Yes. Just yes. like looking uncomfortable and his smile is so unnerving. Oh yeah. Like when he when he shows up at the rally and he's just staring at Lakeith Stanfield the whole time, like God, he's he's so good at being creepy and unnerving. I know. Like if if we didn't have so many uh candidates, I'd say he'd be a good joker. Oh yeah. Maybe a little too old yeah. now, but for sure. Right, right. But I mean like I'd still be okay yeah. with like a Willem Dafoe joker, so even though he's oh, elderly. Yeah, for sure. God, I love him. So. No, and uh, Martin Sheen in this movie. Good lord. What? He just know. just seething evil. Oh, man. Really uh, not leaving a lot of room for interpretation, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. Uh, and yeah, I guess I just want to talk about now. I think both our recommendations for this movie are Malcolm X. For, I think, very obvious reasons. The story is very similar. It's shot similarly. Um, I think it's interesting watching Malcolm X and then this movie because it does take place after Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm sorry, I want to briefly mention watching Defy Bloods and then um, Fred mentioning the beginning of this movie in a speech like, oh, there's a send you to Vietnam and have you be killed. It's like, oh, yep, we saw that. Saw that a few weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> so it's been this, this string has been cool of like getting these different perspectives on this, you know, time in history. Um so yeah, Malcolm X I think is a very easy wreck from from this one. Um, yeah, I I agree. My wreck is uh, Malcolm X, but just because like these are both stories that we don't learn very much about. Like you, I we've all heard of the Black Panthers, right? But mm-hmm. I I had no idea that the Black Panthers uh, also included, you know, like poor Southern white people and Puerto yeah. Rican people. The Rainbow Coalition. Yeah, that was really cool. Right, cause, no, that stuff is awesome. It's just showing that it was. Mm-hmm. It's not based on race. It's based on oppression. Um, yeah, which it like the way I I came about like conceptualizing it is, you know, we as a society in in our like history classes, we're taught about Martin Luther King Jr. and we're taught a lot about Martin Luther King Jr. and it's because he spoke for his. Uh, platform the way that the white elite looking back wanted it to happen you know he yeah he preached peace he preached god like they everyone Mm -hmm. likes that right and then you get Mm -hmm. malcolm x who was for potentially for segregation and oh we don't like that so we're not going to talk about that and fred hampton who was uh, by no means against violence and and Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. talks about socialism which we know that the ruling yeah. class is not a big fan of so i think <laughs> it's it's interesting to look back on this and see how we kind of cherry pick history and we and we tell oh, what yeah. we tell what we want people to hear not necessarily mm-hmm. the whole story the truth yeah yeah because if i had heard the only thing you hear about the black panther is like oh they had a bunch of guns and they were scary yeah if i had heard they were feeding kids for free you know, and trying to educate black kids and all this stuff, opening all free clinics and build a, a free clinics. It's like, yeah, I would have had a, a maybe different <laughs> perspective on it. Like, how would you tell me the whole fucking story as opposed to, like I said, what you want me to know uh, and give me this easily digestible piece of history? It's like, no, we got to learn all this shit, man, because who knows what the world would be like now if everyone actually learned the actual history of, of this country. This all happened in fucking America. This isn't even like, you know, the like black history as a whole with like Africa and stuff. Like, this is like American. History recently. And recent like, no. history, yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, 
it, yeah, it's tough. I don't, I, I don't know. And we still have, you know, most of the South are trying to keep all of uh, teaching anything about race out of schools because we're past it. We're past that because we're past racism. Yeah. The, the way we like to do things as a society is uh, horrible bigotry in one way or another and then just deciding that it's over. Like, <laughs> we, yeah. we don't dwell on it at all. We just, we're racist up until, what do you mean? There's no racism anymore. Like, that kind of shit. So, uh, they... <laughs> I'm colorblind. Color doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm... It's unfortunate, but, like, obviously, I don't think anytime soon this is going to change in schools. Like, if anything, it's getting worse across lots of parts of the country. It's really yeah. sad. Like, the movie's sad, but the implications and... And the reach of it is even more sad. Yeah. Oh, right there with you. Um, I can just hope that, hopefully through media like this, that people can start to see the light and, and, and see things that make them question themselves and question what they've learned and then seek out their own information. I think uh, TikTok's been, that for me, has been a way to get a bunch of perspective I've never gotten before. So I think the tools are there. Sometimes they're more accessible than, than usual. Sometimes they're less accessible, but... I hope that, you know, this this does improve over time. People can kind of self-educate where our country is failing them in high schools. So, um, yeah, anything else you want to mention on this movie? Uh, I mean, probably yes, but no, I, I'm good for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's our review of Judas and the Black Messiah. Please go out and watch this film uh, if you have not. It's on HBO Max. But um, let's get into a second half of our show today. So, Perk... You got you got nothing this week, which is very understandable. Yeah, that so this weekend. I was I was I didn't get any bonuses, but I figured yeah we could maybe I could touch on Oscar roundup. Uh, Let's in, do a, a in, brief in Oscar roundup here. Yeah, okay, so yeah, it, it'll so... be quick. Just gonna go over uh, who won everything and and all that. So mm-hmm. uh, if I can even remember, best actor Will Smith after he slapped Chris Rock, which is just yep, a wild. That was nonsense. so weird. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know. I think he overreacted, and the joke wasn't that funny. So I think both are pretty much yeah. in the wrong, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, my, per- my take on it is that if Chris Rock knew that she had alopecia, joke was in bad taste. Yeah. If he didn't know, whatever. It's a whatever joke. But in either of those cases, Will Smith completely overreacted, and that was totally uncalled for. Yeah. Um, Especially to be followed by a standing ovation for his Oscar speech. That was just fucking weird. Oh, it was very odd. After that, it, that whole thing was just fucking weird. Um, Love will make you do crazy yeah. things. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, okay. Nah, I, <laughs> that, yeah, whole situation is fucked up. He's always been kind of a weird dude. And I, something like yeah. this was bound... I'm almost not surprised something like this happened after like his kids are all over the place and... Uh, his, he and his wife have an open relationship. It's just at at some point, dude's gonna snap and and snap. Also, did. apparently, I found out they they started a Scientology school. Oh, great! So, Even better. Yeah, and I'm apparently, one of the tenets is the open handed slap to like discipline your fellow people when they're <laughs> acting weird. So some people was hypothesizing that that was the reason he did that. There's a bunch of weird shit you get into with this story if you really want to dive into it. But more of the story is Will Smith. What are you doing? Yep, <laughs> get your shit together. But yeah, his his performance was worthy of uh, of an Oscar. I, I don't have any gripe with that. Uh, best mm-hmm. actress was I think Jessica Chastain. 
for the eyes of Tammy Faye, which I have not seen. Uh, I do want to because I I have heard she's fantastic in it. Um, mm-hmm. Supporting actor went to uh, Troy Kotzer from Coda, who uh, th- I think that was my pick. So I'm I'm happy yeah, with was, that yep. for sure. He he's fantastic. Uh, supporting actress. Ariana DeBose from West Side Story, who was the heavy favorite, uh, not a surprise at all, um, and she's great. It's definitely deserved as well. Uh, best Director went to Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, and if that movie's going to win one award, Best Director is the right award for it to win. Um, and then Best Picture uh, went to the Come From Behind uh, Coda, which I I've ha- I have thoughts. I've formulated some thoughts on this, Jacob. Give so, me thoughts. Uh, I think it's it's annoying that so much of uh, the Oscars are defined by like almost like a political structure of it. Like mm-hmm. Coda had a bunch of momentum from winning at other award shows, and so because of that, it makes it the best picture. In like. I hate all that nonsense and how everything has to be tied together. Like, the SAG Awards picked Coda for Best Ensemble Cast, and that's usually a precursor. Like, if that happens, well, then the Academy has to pick that one for Best Picture, Mm. which Mm -hmm. I think everyone should just pick which one they thought was best. But uh, Coda is definitely a good enough movie to be Best Picture, and I'm I'm happy that it did. I found out why I have kind of a gripe with it. I did the math, okay. right? I think that a lot of the reason why people pick this is because of its uh, realistic and uh, true depiction of people with hearing disabilities. Mm-hmm. And I think Sound of Metal is a much better movie, and it did it last year, mm. and it did not get anywhere near the attention. It got a Best Picture nod, but people weren't talking mm-hmm. about that movie like they talk about Coda. Maybe because Coda's yeah. more approachable. It's like a family-friendly yeah. coming-of-age tale, whereas Sound of Metal is really heavy and deals with some deep yeah. topics, and it's not a cookie-cutter plot. Coda isn't a cookie-cutter plot, but you know what I mean. Uh, it's yeah. way more off the beaten path. So I think I'm not mad that Coda won. I'm just uh, disappointed, <laughs> disappointed that uh, <laughs> Sound of Metal did not get the same praise because it also uh, has... Pe- real people in it with hearing disabilities and uh and uh it has children of deaf adults in that movie as well uh, given i guess so riz ahmed the main character doesn't have a hearing disability so maybe mm-hmm. that's different but the main character in this movie doesn't have a hearing disability as is written so right um well doesn't yeah, reason also lose his hearing over the course of the movie it's not like he's Deaf from the start, right? I haven't seen it. No, no. So yeah, so he's he's a a heavy metal drummer, and at one point, Mm -hmm. like, snap, hearing gone. Um, and from that, it's really good movie. You should watch it. By the way, it's yeah, I want to watch it on something. Uh, Basically, it deals with him, uh, working in his way into the deaf community, uh, and at the same time, he's pursuing hearing implants. Uh, it's a really, really beautiful movie. Riz Ahmed was my best actor last year. Um, mm. I, d- I don't think this was my best picture. I don't remember why. I don't. I mean, I don't think there are any movies that were better than it. But Nomadland was good. So, but yeah, I think so. <laughs> long story short, Code is great. I'm happy it won. 
Power of the Dog was a way more Oscar movie, so it's fine that it lost because mm-hmm. we don't always have to pick the Oscar movie. Um, right. But I wish that Sound of Metal had gotten more attention last year. For sure. Uh, before we move on, I do want to touch on Belfast did win Best Original Screenplay. Yeah, I'm so happy. Something. Sorry, I forgot to mention yeah. that. I'm so, so <laughs> glad that, uh, that Kenneth Branagh picked up an award for... That movie's so good. Oh, it's, it's such a beautiful story. So I'm really, I'm really glad it got recognition. I can see that the Academy clearly wanted to go different ways in the other categories, but um, yeah, some recognition. I'm so glad. I love that movie. It was my my favorite of the of the <laughs> litter. Um, Dune did win all the awards that it Everything. deserved to win. I Everything cinematography, in tech. visual effects, yeah. score. Yeah. Totally deserve all those. Oh, definitely. I will say, I was surprised to see Encanto win Best Animated Feature. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was yeah, definitely We had talked about that category last week. Mitchell's. Mitchell's or even Flea for, like, kind of the more artsy pick. They never pick that like one. Luke a lot. No. Like, <laughs> so, Flea was definitely on there as, like, a tip of the cap, but they never picked those ones. Like, I, mm. I, I, I well, don't like, know. Was Did Waltz with Bashir win Best Animated? I'm looking it up right now. I don't know. But, like, I don't know. Encanto was good. I mean, we talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast. I talked about it three weeks in a row. Um, and, obviously, like, I'm higher on it than you and Chris were. But, granted, this, I don't think higher was as strong as maybe it has been in the past. But, I, I don't know. Encanto, I'm a little surprised. But it was the most, the soundtrack was one of the most popular things in this country for, you know, like, weeks after it came out. So, maybe for I should sure. be surprised. Um, Waltz with Bashir wasn't even nominated for Best Animated Picture. So, uh, it was nominated for Best <laughs> so Foreign Language. That. But yeah, so no, they they never, they always just throw the artsy one in there, the, the actual heavy subject matter. It's like a tip of the cap. But they're always going to pick Disney, Pixar, essentially yeah. Disney or Pixar. One of the two. <laughs> Sony in yep. the rarest occasion. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I had a train of thought. I swear I did. Oh, yeah, no, f- overall, like, this is the first Oscars in a while where none of the awards have, like, angered me, you know? Like, I feel like most mm, of the time the Oscars do a bad job, and this time I think they did fine, <laughs> given they entirely snubbed, like, two of my favorite movies of the year in uh, The Green Knight and French Dispatch, but those are never movies that are going to get Oscar nominated anyway, so... right. For for what was there, I think they did fine. You could also say they arguably snubbed half the categories and put them in the pre-show, which I know some people were really mad about. But also, who's still watching the Oscars live? Yeah. I didn't watch it live. <laughs> like, if oh, anyone, we, we it would be me, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I will say, as a, as a, ta- as a segue, Perk, speaking of uh, media with people with hearing disabilities, the show I started watching this week, uh, was a anime called Ranking of Kings. All right. Now this is a, a every, I feel like every season there's one new anime that everyone is talking about. You know, it's the new hot, the new hot stuff. And in the fall slash winter is this one called Ranking of Kings, and I had heard about it and I had been excited to watch it, but I wanted to wait until it was over so I could binge it as I like to do. Uh, I've watched ten episodes out of twenty two so far, and I tell you what, this is a great fucking show. This is a fantastic show. The premise is you have a prince uh, who is who can't hear. He's deaf and he can't speak because he's deaf. Um, and but he would like he still wants to be the strongest king in all of the all the nations. 
Um, but everyone kind of looks down on him and, you know, doesn't believe he can do anything because of his disabilities. And that in and of itself is pretty interesting, but I was worried that that was going to be the whole show, you know, like just kind of the the cuteness of the empathy with this character for him being deaf is like the main draw. And while it definitely is a draw and I think is an entertaining, there's, there's a lot more to this story. And this character has a lot more to him than just, you know, token deaf character. Uh, there's a lot more going on. He, this is, I haven't watched a lot of disenchantment perk, but it does give me, give me some disenchantment vibes. Cause what if I remember right in disenchantment, the main character meets uh, like a shadow. It's like a demon character, right? Because friends with him. Yeah. Yep. A, a similar thing kind of happens okay. to this where the prince meets this kind of shadow character. Personality is completely different than a disenchantment, but um, sure. they become friends and they get nice. up to some hijinks. But the one, what I want to praise the show for is the world is fascinating. It is a medieval kind of fantasy world, but there's a lot of shit that happens that is not explained until later. And you're like, what is going on? And this show is so good at character turns there are so many characters you think are bad guys, and then you find out more, and you're like, oh, maybe not, and then vice versa. Um, it's just so very, just very compelling and fun to watch. Every character is Severus Snape? Is it just... Kind of. What if Harry Potter was <laughs> only Severus Snape? Is that what... That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just, it just does a really good job at, at, at building their characters up and, and character development and building the world without too much exposition. There's very little exposition in the show, which I really appreciate because anime is notorious for having way too much exposition. Yeah. Like they'll show you a new thing. Be like, Oh, by the way, here's a five paragraphs about what this new thing is. Ranking against like, now here's a new thing. That's fucking weird, isn't it? And then we'll get back to it in like three episodes. Um, so I love that. And then the last thing I'll say is the art style is very, is very much like a, like a children's book, not in like a kiddie way. It's very, very beautiful and very singular and unique. Um, so yeah, I'm really loving this show. Ten episodes in, I can't wait to, to keep watching it. Um, I would highly recommend it so far. Um, and the other thing, very briefly mentioned, Moon Knight episode one came out today. I watched it uh, this afternoon. I'm into it. Uh, this episode, The first episode basically showed every scene that was in the trailer. So that means we have five episodes now of new stuff we haven't seen before, which is very exciting. That is good. Um, yeah. And Oscar Isaac... What a fucking actor. <laughs> this dude is such a good actor, man. I, I, I worry. We, we talk about this a lot, Perk, of like you have a popular actor that you see in something you're like, oh, that's that's just Ben Affleck. He's not the character. Right. Or that's Matt Damon. I feel like Oscar Isaac is reaching that level of fame, but he just disappears into this role, man. Like, it's incredible. He's so good. Um, I, to, uh, to my only knock is that the, you. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, did, didn't really mention that tonight, but that wasn't Daniel Kaluuya. That was Fred Hampton. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, God he disappears damn. he entirely disappears oh yeah it's crazy him and lakeith because like lakeith at this one i'm expecting to be kind of like the cool guy mm-hmm. uh from like uncut gems and uh hardly fall and to yep. some extent and um uh sorry to bother, sorry you, to but bother you i wasn't expecting him to be this kind of coward character but mm-hmm. he's so good and i believe it and like he's lakeith stanford he's playing this character great uh, but yeah, Oscar Isaac disappears. My, my only knock is that I think I'm assuming it's due to COVID, but CG is not looking great, Perk. Oh, no. There's some CG car, like in the action scenes, there's some CG cars and destruction that just looks very, very bad. Um, I hope it gets better. I don't know. I, I would, I, I'm, I'm going to give a benefit out and think COVID made it more difficult to get the effects done, but oof. Oof on these well, effects. This is- 
this is something that I've like been anticipating out of Marvel for a while now, considering at any given time they have two movies and three shows in production. There's got to be a, <laughs> an, a D and an E team working somewhere, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> so you, you can only have the elitist of the elite. You, there's only so many like <laughs> within the yeah. industry. Yeah. So at some point you're going to have to dip a little bit. Uh, which I, yeah, maybe that's what's happening. It, it very well could be COVID too. A lot of people probably still working remote, but yeah. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, for what it lacks in that, it makes up for in the performances and the production design and how it's shot and the acting. So like, you know, it's noticeable, but it's only in action scenes and those are, you know, just there to be there anyway. So it, sure. it definitely stands on its own two feet. It's a very interesting, like psychological horror ish drama so far. Um, so yeah, I'm into it. I'm excited to see where it goes. We've got six episodes, so not not too long of a run, but uh, right. that'll be on Wednesdays coming up. So there we go. That is our show for this week. Next week we are watching Moonlight. Our connection. Oh crap! I didn't have it prepped. It is where is he? Ashton Sanders, who played Jimmy Palmer in this movie, who is the who guy who got shot by the police. In Moonlight, he plays. Chiron? Chiron? Chiron. I'm not sure if I pronounce that. Is Chiron. he Chiron, I guess, like teenager Chiron? Yes. Yes, he is. Possibly. Yeah, so... He's great. He's great in Moonlight. Spoiler alert. He's, he's really good. Oh, I'm excited to see him. Um, so here's the deal with Moonlight, though. So we're recording this on March 30th. By the time this comes out, it'll be April. So all I can tell you is what Moonlight is currently streaming on that might change in April, so maybe check for yourself, but... Currently, it is on Showtime, if you have access to that. Otherwise, you have to rent it. Um, but who knows? Maybe it'll pop on Netflix in April. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, next week, Moonlight. Uh, but until then, thanks for watching. Bye. Bye-bye.